Some say it was a song. Some say it was invented at a bar. Some say the recipe was discovered by Elon Musk on Mars, after which he invented time travel, journeyed to 1950s Mexico, and planted the recipe to surreptitiously inform the world that Mexicans were indeed on Mars. They were Marsicans. Okay, that last one was only in my head. But there's just as much evidence to back that up as any other plausible theory surrounding the origins of this episode's tenebrous topic. Actually, there's really no origin to speak of. I try to leave any chronological markers out of Tiki so the episodes can be enjoyed in any order at any time. I guess I'm being a bit presumptuous thinking they're enjoyed at all. But this feels like deja vu after last time's Cuba Libre episode. Today's drink, a mixture of tequila, lime, and grapefruit soda, is like Mexico's answer to the rum and coke, but sans any rich history to make it interesting, something of which Mexico is usually replete with. In fact, the lack of history is kind of what is interesting. There's not even a good controversy. The only disagreement seems to be what kind of soda to use. Fresh juice didn't even come along till tropical hipsters started looking for ways to turn a $6 cooler into a $15 cocktail. So... Where does that leave us? Mired in Mexican mystery. We may never have the answer, but as it turns out, the more of these I drink, the less I care about answers. What was the question again? After all, it's easy to feel at peace with a drink whose name translates literally to the dove. So let's leave all pretense behind and have a little fun with La Paloma. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Tony. And this is Tiki. Last year at this time, I did an extensive episode on my favorite drink, the margarita. We dove deep into ingredients and pastimes and the gravitas of my personal relationship with it. I care so much about that drink that I still don't think I truly did it justice. This episode is nothing like that. I can't figure out what it is about the Paloma. At first, I thought it would be like a modified margarita, but it as it turns out, it's more like a carbonated Hemingway tequila daiquiri. I feel like the Paloma was the original hard seltzer. It's an enigma with notwithstanding its furtive beginnings. I shouldn't like this drink. I don't like this drink. It's not a good drink. But then, I sort of can't stop drinking them. When my wife and I are relaxing on the patio, I find myself wanting one. Are they good? Or is it just that I'm now obsessed with trying to figure out if they're good? I found myself stressing over figuring out the perfect balance of soda to lime juice, which tequila offers flavor versus crispness. I'm being totally honest when I tell you there were nights I laid in bed thinking of ways to tweak the recipe. It's just confounded me so, the uncoating of this equivocal quencher. When the mix is off, the Paloma is sugary soda with a pungent tequila note, or bland and watered down. Any attempts to help it along in any direction either offset the balance or change the ingredient list so much it eschews any authenticity. When done right, though, it's actually a perfectly splendid spiked cooler. I wouldn't call any alcoholic beverage refreshing. I don't think anything that dehydrates you can be truly refreshing. <laughs> Nobody's guzzling daiquiris to quench their thirst around here. But the Paloma is certainly a light, crisp, pleasant summer drink. Which begs the question... In a world of daiquiris, margaritas, beach beers, mojitos, and punches, why do we need a so-so tequila cooler? I don't know, but kind of want one right now. 
Let's go over the few brief theories of origin. The name La Paloma, or the Dove, could come from a 19th century folk song of the same name. The drink itself is, t is said to be invented in Tequila, Mexico, by legendary barman, here we go, Don Javier del Gato Corona, in his bar in La Capilla. The connection seems plausible at first, as La Capilla is credited as being the birthplace of the Batanga, a tequila and coke with lime. By the way, I'm calling bullshit on changing one ingredient and saying you invented a different drink. That would be like me growing a mustache and insisting everyone call me El Padtonio. Everyone knows I'm just Tony with a mustache. I digress, because that whole story is inconsequent. You see, Don Javier, despite having the coolest bartender name ever, denies having anything to do with the Paloma. Some here say take it back to the 1950s, but grapefruit soda didn't start popping up in Mexico till the 60s. The first written mention of it comes from renowned cocktail historian David Wondrick in his 2005 Killer Cocktails book. Wondrick says his earliest finding of Paloma by name is from the 90s, but tequila lime grapefruit concoctions go back to the 70s. It's just, it's, it's too much. Nobody has any definitive answer on what this drink is all about, because mixing tequila with other sodas have been popular in Mexico for a long time. So I think it's pretty self-explanatory what happened here. Applying a little Occam's razor, that is the simplest answer being the most likely, I contend once grapefruit soda became popular, folks down Mexico way naturally began mixing it with their favorite spirit just for something new. The drink subsequently proliferated naturally as most of our simple standards do. It doesn't take a genius to figure this out. We do it today. As most of our new, I mean, just look at when a new drink comes out. What do we do? We mix it with booze. <laughs> Remember the uh, vodka Red Bull debacle of the 2000s? Remember when we all made fun of Smirnoff Ice? Now they made it clear, put it in a skinny can and called it hard seltzer, and we all concurrently lost a summer two years ago? Perhaps the pandemic was Earth's way of keeping hard seltzer's white claws from truly digging in too deep. <clears throat> Using purely Mexican ingredients, I imagine La Paloma gave a sense of national pride that so many Caribbean islands had enjoyed for decades due to rum being the typical tropical tipple. Tequila transcends multiple facets of Mexican geoculture, from the beaches of Cozumel to the cantinas of Juarez, vis-a-vis -vis rum from the West Indies to New England. And let us not forget that Yucatan just about comes up to kiss the Caribbean, after all. Well, I don't know about you guys, but all this heretical history dries me out. Palomas, anyone? Let's make a drink. Of all the ways I tried to make palomas, the changes in flavor are negligible. We have tequila, we have grapefruit, lime, something sweet, and something carbonated. The traditional recipe calls for grapefruit soda, which knocks out three little birds with one stone. In what I'm calling the fresh version, we're going to break those components down using fresh grapefruit juice, agave syrup, and club soda. Which grapefruit soda to use here seems to be up to preference, but Jarito's brand is a true Mexican product and is referenced most often by the trusted recipes I looked up. Squirt is the other contestant, but I just don't like the name. I use Jarito's. It's easy to find in most Mexican mercados. And uh, actually, most grocery stores nowadays have it anyway. I didn't have much luck with using grapefruit soda waters like LaCroix or Bubbly. I just found that the grapefruit flavor was too mild to stand up to the tequila. I do have an audible, though. Italian soda. 
If you can find grapefruit Italian soda, it has more of that true bitterness associated with the fruit, and it's not as sweet as Aritos. I actually like that the best. But we're going to stick traditional here. So, of course, you want to use fresh squeezed lime juice. And if you do go the agave syrup route, make sure it's pure agave and not agave cocktail syrup. If your liquor store doesn't carry pure agave, you can find it in the baking section of the supermarket. The cocktail syrup stuff um, that you buy as like a mixer has got a bunch of other ingredients in there like preservatives and stuff. You don't need that. Lastly, we can't make a Paloma without tequila. A Blanco is generally used, though I found if you don't get a premium tequila, the pungence of Blanco clashes with a bitter grapefruit. That's one of the reasons this drink felt a bit abrasive to me at first. I corrected that problem by using Reposado. It rounds out the bite and adds some deeper flavors thanks to the barrel aging. I use my favorite local brand, Question Tequila. If that's not available in your area, I fall back on Cazador's Reposado. It's aged enough to add character, but still light enough to be crisp, herby, and fruity. It comes in about 30 bucks a bottle where I'm at. Before we go on, I have to vent a little bit about coolers. That is a, a drink that uses soda as the main mixer. And often you'll find in these recipes the, fl- the phrase, fill to top, as in add an ounce and a half of your liquor, squeeze in a half of lime, pour in your ice, and fill to the top with soda. I cannot stand the phrase filled to the top and the ambiguity of it, especially when they don't tell you what size glass they're using. Depending on such, the drink will taste different. This is how we end up with oversweet cola drinks or unpalatable half and halves. Half booze and half soda should stay with Charles Bukowski where it belongs. Been there, drank that, wrote the poem. I also take umbrage with the phrase to taste. Of course, As palm shade bartenders and pros alike will confirm, having one's own version of something the way they like it is crucial to enjoyment. But I don't want it I don't want any secrets in my recipes. I want someone to be able to taste one of my drinks, go home and use my recipe, and it tastes the exactly same way. I love the creativity and rum genuity of tiki drinks, but I also believe there should be a standard original recipe for it to build off. That's why tiki frustrates me so much. Even though I love it. I love it so much, but it kills me. Too often, it's left up to us to build it out. It's like a cocktail Lego set. Mine came with the uh, tiny limited edition Don Javier figure. Well, here's the traditional recipe. One and a half ounces tequila reposado, a half ounce lime juice, three ounces of Ajitos grapefruit soda, and a pinch of cocktail salt. Now we're going to add all the ingredients, including the salt, directly into a double rocks glass or a Collins or a Pilsner glass. Fill with ice and stir. La Paloma should be a pallid, translucent, pinkish green. I've seen recipes with the salt mixed in or on the rim. Personally, I like mixing the salt right in the drink. It adds a bit of complexity that and um, gives it a summer drink kind of feel. Now, in this fresh juice recipe, you'll see the flavors are exactly the same. We, we, just, we just get there differently. So here we go. You're going to do two, two ounces of tequila reposado, one ounce fresh grapefruit juice, a half ounce of fresh lime juice, one teaspoon agave syrup, four ounces of Topo Chico sparkling water, and that pinch of cocktail salt. We're going to mix it in the glass using the very same method as before, otro vez, and there you have it. In either version, you shouldn't, it shouldn't hit you in the face. It's not a flavor bomb though the bittersweet-sour aspects are subtly present. 
I used the hard seltzer comparison earlier because it really does remind me of a better tasting alternative to a hard seltzer. The grapefruit and lime is faint, the sweetness is mild while tequila adds some body. I can understand why this drink earned the moniker of the Dove. Its unassuming character, pastel hue, and bubbly demeanor pacify the soul. Then, you add tequila in the mix, and this is what it tastes like when doves cry. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Once again, I am Tony. This has been another episode of Pod Tiki. Credits for this episode are, can be found at podtiki.com in the blog post for this episode, where you can also find all the episodes at podtiki.com, all of our past episodes, including our quick go-to recipe lists. Of course, you can find the podcast on Spotify, iHeart, Apple, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts. I always say that, but sometimes that's not true because it's not everywhere you get your podcasts. It's exactly the ones I just told you that was on, so, so sorry about that. Stitcher is also on there as well. Of course, you can always go to podtiki.com for all the episodes in the archives section. I think I already said that. Please follow us on the social meds. You can follow the podcast at pod underscore tiki. You can also follow me at rum underscore poet. That's on Instagram. You can find Pod Tiki on Facebook. Um, you can follow tiki.tony on the, uh, on, the, on the TikToks. If you want to join me on the TikTok. I am on there. I don't post very often, but I'm trying to get better at it, and I'm trying to be more interactive um, with the social media presence, um, but I need your guys' help with that. Give me something to interact with. Please comment, like, subscribe. Uh, give me any ideas you have on the podcast, on the pictures, on whatever it is that you enjoy about this weird little community, facet, multifaceted lifestyle that we enjoy here of tiki and rum and whatever else you're into. So, I'm very happy that it's warm outside here while I'm recording it in the Pod Tiki studio. So, I'm going to wrap this up and go have myself a cigar and maybe a coffee on the patio. And then I'm going to enjoy the day, which I certainly hope the rest of you do as well, whether you're relaxing or at work or driving in the car. Just Keep rum fun. Let's not get too pretentious about it. Enjoy what you enjoy. Like what you like. Mix a drink. And spread that pot love.